Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 64, Ridiculous. I am Bond Diesel, as always, here with myself. <laughs> um, this is a Division 2 podcast. I got my first um of the cast out, out of the way, and uh, if you're new, welcome. I mostly talk about Division. Today we'll talk about some other stuff as well. I'll sprinkle in some other things as we go. And uh, if you're old, thanks for coming back. I cannot believe it. So uh, today we will do uh, E3 stay of the game recap, even though that ended up being more of a standard stay of the game. Uh, just a Ubisoft E3 and E3 in general uh, recap and thoughts, some listener questions and comments, and I will, as always, give some commentary on things and stuff. If you want to support the podcast and a bunch of the other stuff I do, check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. You can gain exclusive rewards and early access to this podcast and other content when I record it early enough. Otherwise you get it the same as everyone. I appreciate the support either way. Okay. So stay with game recap. Uh, pretty simple. Uh, we had a little special summary because of E3. Uh, we had Rasmus and Hamish this week talking about uh, title update four, some other stuff and a brief summary of the E3 conference for division two. I will cover that in the next uh, division two news section. So I won't uh, go over that again. Uh, there was a short but sweet interview with Terry Spear from red storm uh, by Ella. She was at E3 this week. So I suggest checking that out on the VOD on YouTube or Twitch. If you want to, see him he didn't really drop anything significant so i uh I, I won't mention it other than that but he's a cool guy so check it out and ella did a great job uh hamish uh, did mention that there's further hit registration issues being looked at um but was pretty clear to uh, not approve of apparently videos that have been made calling him a liar um, at this point i still haven't seen them pop up and that tends to tell me that the uh the people who made it aren't on my radar, and I'm cool with that. I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit after the, after the break. Uh, Hamish did mention that Thylander wanted people to know that the PTS damage numbers on specialized, specialized weapons isn't final, so they've been fooling around with the numbers, trying to make all of the specialized weapons useful. Um, try to, you know, the gunner specialization, make sure it's not over the top. Uh, while at the same time trying to make the crossbow and attack 50 actually worth using. Um, Hamish did throw out there that title update four will be coming the following week. I'm recording this on the 13th of June. So it's coming the following week. I suspect on the 20th, uh, but they did not give an exact date yet. And we will have to wait. Uh, sometimes they just drop like, Hey, we're doing it on Monday. Um, but I still don't think even at the time of recording, that they have confirmed when it's actually coming out quite yet. Um, they talked again about the mod changes and stuff. I've already talked about that. We've already kind of discussed it and I think they've already um, kind of covered it a bit, but basically they just simplified the mod system and made it just more useful and more um, 
attractive to use. Uh, right now, I have builds that don't even have mods on them. <laughs> so, uh, because I don't have the right ones, it's just, it's stupid. And I've played quite a bit. Um, Erasmus did talk about how named weapons, so ones that you get from Cassie Mendoza, and I believe they also drop from Conflict Caches, um, will now have unique skins on them. And what that means is it, they already have unique skins, right? So when you... Um, when you go to Cassie Mendoza and there's a named weapon and you buy it, it's got a little piece of lore to it and it has a special skin on it. But to actually use the skin on other weapons, you have to get it out of a loot box. I, it, I don't know. It's fine. It's whatever. But what's actually, it, those are the skins that you can take off and put on. So what they're actually doing with named weapons now is they will have a unique actual game, like in-game model skin. So you can put your camouflage skin on the named weapons but they will still actually look different than a standard variant of that weapon um it's a little change at the end of the day it really doesn't change anything but i actually really love those little details and i think it's a cool little change um i actually just got a you know off the top of my head i can't remember which gun it is but the one she was selling this current week uh it's actually pretty well well rolled for the most part i just need to replace that first talent so um, I like the named weapons. I save them all um, really just out of interest or whatever. So small change, but cool. They did talk about the new exotic holster that some people have found in the PTS and that will be coming in a title update four. And they talked about how that's actually going to require you do like a quest list uh, to unlock it. It's not just going to be going to a mission and farming. Um, I think that's great. I think that's a good way to do some of this new stuff. Uh, they uh, did talk about potentially having cross-account mods. So if you unlock a sturdy whole, uh, magazine for the 5.56 on your first character, it's available on all of them. Rasmus kind of talked about that they, they did not include that on release because they felt like most people would want to replay the game um, and re-farm those things as part of the progression. I get that. Uh, but I think a lot of people would actually like to replay the game and have all the mods so that they, you know, maybe it's kind of like a game plus sort of situation. They feel a little extra powerful when they're going through the, um, and that was, that was about it. So I think this was another good episode. Uh, having Rasmus on is great. I think having any of the devs on is great. Obviously, I don't mind when it's Hamish and Yannick or Hamish and Chris or whoever happens to be around. We need a daggone episode with Petter, though. And I get that. I think he has a new role. I think he's doing different stuff. But we need some Petter. Uh, just, just throwing it out there. And Ella, when she gets back, throw her on. We'll just bring the whole cast. Let's do it. Uh, the title update four changes are great. I don't think we're seeing anything like... Hugely, hugely, hugely game-changing. I think the mods is actually a pretty big deal, the way it's changing. Um, I think the specialization weapons may be actually being useful now. Will be kind of cool uh, and give some people some more incentive to use those. Um, but I think it's putting the game in a, in a better spot than it's currently in, uh, which for what I assume is the Episode 1 DLC drop here in a few weeks. Uh, they, they, I think they've said July, um, but we don't know if it's the beginning or end or middle. Um, a part of me, they just did a PTS. I, I kind of hope, especially since it appears this, this DLC content is all single player. 
it'd be kind of nice if they didn't do a PTS on this content, in my opinion. Um, I think it'd be nice if this was kind of a surprise. We saw an issue again with the PTS this time, as we pretty much always do. Um, is you know, I literally saw a big quote unquote content creator who complained that they had to do the quest for the gunner to show off the minigun on their stream when this same person has complained that console players shouldn't get the PTS because they don't actually test it. So this person only wanted the gunner to, to show off on their stream to help get themselves views. Um, and they were basically admitting that they had zero desire to actually test the game. Um, and that, in my opinion, is hilarious in one way and infuriating in another. Um, it's the PTSs are, are a really good idea. I think that even if people don't test anything and don't give feedback, they probably still get a ton of really useful information. Um, but it's just funny that, you know, some of the quote unquote hardcore people in the community uh, who are creators and stuff just use it as a preview and as a way to try to get a few more uh, subs and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's a, that's a bit frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, so I actually hope they don't do one for, for episode one. I would like that to be a complete surprise for everyone, including myself. And, and I also get that people don't love that. They don't, you know, mention every single bug or every single imbalance that's going on in the game. Uh, every single stay of the game. I feel like I see people piping up about, you know, what about PVP? Why aren't you guys talking about that? Uh, they they typically do mention it. They didn't this time, um, but they they normally at least acknowledge it. But they just you know if they talked about every single issue with the game at every single state of the game, we would get like ten minutes of new interesting information and like an hour and a half of discussions about things going on. Um, at the end of the day, I suggest that if there's something going on with the game that's just so bad in your opinion. Um, if it's been acknowledged and you've submitted, you know, your thoughts on the forums and all that, uh, and it's just not where you want it, then I, I suggest maybe checking out a different game and come on back during the next update. Uh, you know, pay attention. You can check me out. I'll be more than happy to throw out that information for you, but it just, that, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a PR thing to a point. They just want to give out some cool information. They want to you know get people a little bit hyped. They do want to want to address issues when they're there. Um, but you know, it's not bug corner with Hamish. It's, you know, it's a state of the game. It's a, Hey, here's some cool stuff that's going on. So, you know, there's my thoughts on that. Okay. So for the E3 summary, uh, so division two released uh, a bit of news. Um, mostly they, uh, kind of detailed all of the episodes of year one. Uh, just as a reminder, year one is all free. This came with anyone who bought the game. You get the year one pass for free, so or at least the year one uh, DLC. So it's episode one, two, and three. Episode one is supposed to come out here in July, and they detailed it. So as I've gathered, basically it's two new story missions. One is at um, a presidential compound, which I believe is actually going to be Camp David. Uh, if you don't know what that is, I suggest looking it up. It's like a secure, it's a secure compound where the president of the United States can go and kind of be secluded. They do lots of high level meetings. I believe it's actually a like evacuation area for the president as well. If there's like an emergency, I believe after nine 11 Bush may have gone there um, until they kind of figured out what was going on. 
Uh, so that was one mission. Another one's going to be at the DC Zoo, which should be really cool. Um, the first one at the compound, you're hunting a trader. And apparently they're kind of keeping that under wraps. So I don't know if that's going to be like a rogue division agent, which would be super cool. Because if you think about it, we don't fight any rogue division agents, at least not yet. So that'd be kind of cool if there was a unique boss at the end of that mission where you're fighting another division agent. Maybe it's Kelso. Everyone thinks that she's a traitor. We'll have to see. Uh, the zoo mission, you're actually hunting down the outcast leader. So if you remember at the end of Roosevelt Island, you find out that their leader got away. Um, Emmeline or whatever her name is. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, so on top of those two missions, so one, if you're a Division One player, you know, hurrah, we are getting new missions. Uh, if you played Division One, you know that uh, other than the incursions that were added, uh, we never got new missions. Uh, so the, you know, 10 or 15 missions that were in Division One on release were the same missions we were playing uh, three years later. So, uh, yes. Uh, the other thing is a new mode um, called Expeditions. Now, they make it sound like there's going to be multiple expeditions. Um, this first one takes place, at, I believe it's Kenley College. I'm, I'm not honestly sure if that's a real place or not. Um, but it's probably modeled after a real college, if not. And uh, basically, uh, it's like an exploration uh, mode. So the impression I get is that there's going to be a combination of clearing three different areas. You clear one after the other. So I assume there's going to be um, some kind of unique boss mechanics. And you know, you go to a part of the map. So I assume this is going to be its own little map because you have to go there via helicopter, I believe. And you, you know, fight in the first area, you clear it, fight in the second, and then the third. And when you beat the third area, a treasure room will open up. That's going to have a bunch of special rewards. I assume loot, probably some collectibles and so on. Apparently there's also going to be some puzzles and some other content that you go back to the areas you fought in to try to figure out and find, um, which I think is great. I think that's a cool little mechanic. Um, these kind of sound like they're going to be like little mini maps that you get to go to and uh, and do stuff. So the the big detail about it is that those it sounds like there's basically a challenge mode in these three rooms that you clear. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be different difficulties as well. And uh, it looks like there's going to be like leaderboards potentially. I'm sorry if I just made a crazy loud noise. And um, it appears that you can actually get rated for completing these missions, these little three mini missions, uh, from, I believe it's like silver, you know, like bronze, gold, silver, or something like that. And, um, it's all timed. So if you achieve a gold rank on all three parts, you get some special rewards and stuff like that. I love this. I think this is really cool. I'm not going to say it's the long-term replayable content. I think a lot of us want and need right now. Um, but I think it sounds fun. I also suspect there's going to be a bunch of other stuff, uh, maybe some little side missions and stuff like that as well. I assume a new event, a, a new clothing event. Um, I imagine there's going to be some other little details that they haven't quite revealed yet, but from a high level, this episode one sounds really good and it's coming in July. Episode two is coming in the fall or autumn, as they say. And, um, they, they lightly detailed it talking about, it's going to be at the Pentagon uh, we're going to be fighting a uh, black tusk who have taken over the Pentagon and are trying to extract secrets from it that can help out their cause. Um, that that's kind of all they said. Now I believe that the Pentagon is going to be 
um, a spiritual successor to underground um, that every time you go there, you're going to run through various phases or something like that with, with different types of goals um, and di- fighting different types of enemies and, and so on and so forth. But I suspect we'll get more details about that after episode one releases. And then episode three um, was honestly a way bigger drop than I expected. I thought at E3 we may get some details about episode one, uh, like some significant details. I had no idea they were going to drop a huge uh, info bomb, in my opinion, about episode three and reveal to us that uh, not only are we going to jump back on the hunt for Keener, apparently, at least that's the way it seems, but we're not even going to do it in D.C., but we're actually going back to New York. Now, I hesitate to say that we're going back to New York City because um, in a little trailer, which I've watched the trailer a hundred times now just because it's just cool to see, um, you see three uh, Division Two agents wearing summer gear and all that uh, kill a cleaner in Coney Island. So I assume uh, they're hinting to us that maybe we won't be back in Manhattan proper um, I still wouldn't completely count that out, but you know, let's be realistic to a point. Um, I doubt that they updated the entire Manhattan map for one DLC, even though that'd be really cool. Um, but it, we're going back to New York and, um, that's awesome. They, uh, mentioned the word manhunt. Uh, so I don't know if that's supposed to be a reference to PVP type of mode. Um, but it definitely, definitely gives a significant, a serious, um, you know, push towards the idea that we're going after Keener, after someone who used to, we used to call brother is what they say. Um, and they talk about, you know, trying to bring back the virus and all that. Um, you know, fr- uh, Keener has the, the, the virus printer and has the scientist who can, um, you know, help him do another dollar flu. So I'm excited. I was super pumped. That trailer got me going. I did not expect that one bit. And, um, yeah, should be fun. That's supposed to come, I believe, in January or February of 2020. Um, the the years people need to keep in mind. Year one is March of 19 to I assume February of 20. Um, and I'll talk about how I think that's going to go after the mid roll. Uh, then the last little bit they talked about they're doing a free weekend. So if you're listening to this over the weekend, uh, they're doing a free weekend. So if you have any friends that were hesitant about the game. You you can bring them in. You can play with them for free. They keep their progress if they end up buying the game later. Um, There's actually, I think, like a 40% off deal right now in some places to get the game. Um, You know, some people are, you know, having their lovely commentary on on doing this. You know, I obviously, the eternal optimist with Division, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, you know, they're trying to sell some more copies, and uh, there's never a better time to do it than around E3. But what do I know? I'm just a shill. So that was most of the division news. I'll discuss some other stuff in a bit. Um, for other Ubisoft news from their conference, they showed some more Breakpoint. I, I I don't want to completely judge this game until I get to play like at least a beta build and really the final build. I, I'm sure I'm gonna buy this game. I'm sure I'm gonna play it a decent amount. Um, I will say so far what I um, am actually really uh, enthusiastic about is I I suspect that while there's definitely some gameplay choices that they're making with Breakpoint that I think are just moving in the wrong direction, even worse than Wildlands, I actually have um, some faith that the story of Breakpoint is going to be really cool. Um, So 
one of my big issues with Wildlands, among many, was that the story was just hilariously bad, and I did not give a shit. And good lord, I just could not care less. Um, to the point where I think they kind of knew that, and they did all of these goofy cameos from the Predator and Splinter Cell, which I know everyone was pumped about, but at the end of the day, it was kind of weak. Uh, I do think it was cool that they did the Breakpoint crossover where they introduced you know the the bad guy from breakpoint and you actually help him out in wildlands they did a division crossover they did um i just and i just to me it was just screaming of we didn't provide a lot of good stuff here so here's some goofy stuff that you can also do it looks like breakpoint's gonna have this as well with having a terminator crossover for some reason I just, I don't know. I, I've i got faith that the game will be fun. I've got faith that the story is going to be better than Wildlands, I hope. Um, I, I'm not a fan. You know, I've talked at length about this, so I won't gabber on too much about it. But it just, it doesn't need to be an RPG. I, I don't want, The Division is definitely a unique game for me. I, I don't like Destiny. I don't like Warframe. I didn't like Anthem. Not into these type of games, really. Um, I've come to the realization that I may even like Division 2, despite the fact that it's an RPG, way less so than because it's an RPG. I I don't mind. It's just I never really played RPGs before Division 2. And while I've definitely gotten to enjoy the genre, um, mostly just because of Division having a realistic um, aesthetic combined with RPG mechanics. And it's, it's why I suspect I haven't gotten into other games and it's weird because Breakpoint seems to be trying to do this thing, and I see all these comparisons with Division, which I get it. I actually compare it more to like Assassin's Creed because it's the mechanics aren't as deep as Division. Um, and what's interesting is it kind of seems like the RPG aspects of Breakpoint just aren't very good. So then it makes me wonder, like, why do it? Like, it, it feels like they're they're you know square peg round hole in it. You know, they're just making it happen. Um, I, it seems like it's a directive, and at Ubisoft, you know, Assassin's Creed became an RPG, which I actually thought was a really good fit. But then they did it to Far Cry, which was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And now they're doing it to Ghost Recon, and somewhere Tom Clancy is rolling in his grave, if he really cares. I don't know. But I just, I don't know. That said, <laughs> which is probably not going to help my case, um, I did submit an application to join the Delta Squad as a streamer. Um, I, I think it's interesting. Ghost Recon has, has a really passionate fan base and I would consider myself part of that, but I'm a fan of it from 2001, the first one that came out and it was a very different game. Um, even up to future soldier, which I know some people actually didn't like cause they didn't like the direction it took future soldiers, still my favorite one. Um, and and there's like a group of fans with Breakpoint who are going to like it no matter what it is. I know some of them personally. They're awesome, and I am super pumped for them that they're excited about it despite some of the things I don't like about the changes. Um, but at the same time, they're kind of fanboys for Ghost Recon the way I am with Division. So basically, no matter what Ghost Recon does, they're going to back it up and like it and be excited for it. Um, I realize that I'm kind of taking a role that other people have taken in division, which I think I take more than people give me credit for, but that is what it is. Um, that 
I love Ghost Recon. I love the franchise. And I just want to see it be really cool again. And I think what we're getting isn't its potential. So if they let me onto the Delta Squad, which I kind of doubt, um, I'm going to be more than happy to congratulate the game where it gets things right. And I'm going to be more than happy to uh, criticize it where I think it's wrong. And uh, yeah, we'll see. But I am still excited about it. I think the story is going to be really good. I'm just a little worried about like everything else. So we'll see. I was really impressed uh, with myself, of course, uh, that Elite Squad was announced. Unfortunately, it's a mobile game, but it's a XCOM type of game. So if you listen to the last episode, um, I believe it was Nitro asked me um, what genres I would like to see a Tom Clancy game do that it doesn't currently do. And one of those was a Division XCOM type of um, uh, like strategy type of game, uh, turn-based mechanics. Now, this uh, Elite Squad is not going to be Division-only. It looks like it's every game in the franchise. Uh, Splinter Cell, Rainbow Six, Division. I'm sure there are some other ones. So it's going to be some microtransaction-filled mobile game. So I'm not super hopeful about it, but it's still neat that they're even doing it. And um, I kind of patted myself on the back a little bit for for predicting that. Um, Rainbow Six Quarantine got announced for some reason. If if anyone played in that event in Rainbow Six, I think it was last year, where it was kind of like a Left for Dead type of game. I mean, it was fun. I actually had a lot of fun with it. It was neat. Um, to to get to play as those operators in like a co op, PVE type of game, but it just but why I just don't know why. Like why is it? I just it it just feels a little bit like a money grab to me. Just like, hey, you guys kind of like that, and you want to pay us? Because I don't even know. I, I don't know if they put prices on it yet. I swear it better not be $60. I suspect it'll be 20 or 30 as like a kind of an expansion, like a standalone expansion. Um, I just don't, I don't know. It must have been popular enough when they did the event that it warranted making a entire game based on it. Um, it does bring them back those Left for Dead vibes, which I know a lot of people uh, miss. So I'm sure it'll find an audience, but when I had heard rumors that there was going to be like a standalone Rainbow Six game, it was going to be like PVE. I was really hoping it was going to be like an, like, you know, like a hearkening back to the old Rainbow Six. Uh, I also kind of came to terms with the fact that it was probably just going to be an expanded uh, quarantine mode, but you know, is what it is. Maybe I'll play it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. And then the last bit of Ubisoft news uh, that I thought was kind of cool was Watch Dogs 3. Um, I, I, Never played the first one. Unfortunately, if you don't know, uh, the kind of the Ubisoft downgrades games meme basically started with the first first Watch Dogs. Um, if you go back and watch like E3 footage of Watch Dogs One before it came out, it was this like it was a game that like you almost can't even make today. That it was just the lofty expectations were just insane for that game, uh, and then it came out and it had been. Uh, to say it was downgraded both gameplay and visually is a understatement. And unfortunately, shortly after that came uh, Division, which while I will still argue that game met most of the expectations it set, it also suffered from a similar issue. So Ubisoft went through kind of a weird time for a few years. Um, I personally think that they've rebounded completely from that, but you know, I'm just a shill. So I never got into Watch Dogs. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 had kind of this 
kind of hipster thing to it, which I didn't care for. Um, so I never got into it. I've heard it's okay. Um, but this one definitely Watch Dogs 3 looks really interesting. It has this mechanic where you don't really play as one character. You basically switch characters the entire game. Um, and if you have a character you really like to play as, uh, they can die and it's permadeath. Uh, so your game doesn't end, but you no longer can play as that person. Um, so I, this game, it seems that some of the things they're setting expectations for are, are pretty lofty. Uh, maybe at the end of a generation, they, they can really squeeze every little bit of memory out and they know exactly how to, uh, to, to make this thing work. Uh, and maybe it'll meet expectations. I'm a little worried it won't, but I'll be hopeful. Um, I've, maybe I'll buy it. Maybe I won't. We'll have to wait and see. I'll definitely be keeping my eye on it though. Uh, other than Ubisoft stuff and division, um, I mean, my big highlight was basically getting a kind of mediocre conference from Xbox. Um, I'm going to buy the new Xbox console. Uh, as we now know, it's going to release in the winter or the holiday time of 2020 next year. Um, hopefully by then I'm not broke from having a baby and, um, they they didn't give as much information as I think some people expected. I think people need to realize that obviously next year is going to be the big drop of all the numbers. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Xbox actually does a lot of that at their own conference. Um, I, I think that they, they gave a bunch of good previews, obviously seeing some master chief stuff was cool. Some gear stuff was neat. Um, I do agree with a lot of people that the complete lack of gameplay being shown for anything is kind of annoying. Um, that was kind of an issue with E3 as a whole this year, I felt. There was a whole lot of trailers, of cinematic trailers, and not a whole lot of gameplay. So, um, I'm excited for a new Xbox, any new games that come with it. I suspect I'll be a pre-order, first-day user. Um, I, I am pumped. There's a new Elite controller coming. They actually hold off on that, because I want to make sure that uh, I have two good controllers, and I see no reason to... Um, buy a controller now where there may be a whole new type of controller with the new Xbox. Uh, apparently all accessories will work. So if you want to buy an elite two, um, it should work with the new Xbox, but I kind of want to wait and see what they're going to have on the, the standard controller. Um, obviously there was a ton of other stuff. Uh, I'm not really going to go into it now, but maybe I'll talk about it in a different episode or during a stream. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a nice E3. I don't think it was, you know, the best E3 that's ever been had, but um, I think next year will be really cool. Um, but I think it was a nice little, you know, tide over while, you know, we all wait for the next gen next year. And speaking of waiting, it's mid-roll time. Okay, so some community topics and discussion. So let's just, I'm just going to riff a bit on on the state of the Division 2, in my opinion. So, um, so I think the, the, the best way to start this conversation is to say, how am I currently playing the game? Um, and to be totally honest at this point, um, I'm basically logging on every day for 30 minutes to an hour, um, and knocking out, uh, attachment, um, projects and killing some deck of 52 bosses. Um, and that's about all I'm doing right now. I'm doing screenshots still. I'm still working on that project. I've knocked out two or three of the, the areas, and I'm you know slowly working my way across the map to do more of them. 
Um, but I mean, I've definitely hit kind of a thing where, you know, I attempted the raid a couple times with some people. Uh, honestly, the rewards aren't really good enough that I care to to keep doing it. Um, you know, obviously at this point, people have figured out a pretty good way of getting it done. Uh, I just don't have any real interest in it, at least not right now. Maybe later on I will. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of the extent of my playing. Now, that said, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm not throwing fits like some other people are. Um, for me, honestly, I'm just busy. Uh, I'm preparing for a baby. I'm, you know, doing stuff around our house and playing sports again. And I'm you know, just trying to do other stuff. Um, I'll be excited for the first DLC. I'm sure I'll jump on and play a ton of it. And... um I'm sure I'll do the same with the other DLCs and you know, anything else that comes out in between. If they ever get PVP in a state where it's a little more fun, I'd be more than happy to jump into that. But I think for me, it's just kind of a thing of, I mean, the game's given me what I want. I think I'm at like 250 or 300 hours already. The first like couple months of the game being out, um, I've got my money's worth already. So I'm happy, uh, but I am still, you know, I still want to see more. I want to do some more stuff and, I I think there's some trouble in how many people seem like personally offended that this game hasn't provided them 2,000 hours of content already. That's fine. Everyone's got their own prerogative. I I just also think that maybe these type of people wouldn't be happy no matter what was happening right now. Um, I I don't think there's really any game that is meant to be the only game you play seven days a week. For eight hours a day I, I i saw a lot of complaints about division and i still do at times that you know you can tell that there were creators who expected this game to to, to be their road to fame they were going to become partnered and they were going to become full-time streamers and youtube video makers and um and it's not that game the the it's not that game it just isn't and and that's fine um, i highly doubt there was a single dev while making this game, that was like, man, I really hope people can make entire careers off of this game. Uh, I suspect there were a lot more devs saying, man, this will be cool. I hope they enjoy playing this. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with people wanting to be full-timers off of games and, and doing this stuff, but I, I just don't think, uh, you know, and there's going to be people who are saying, like, well, so-and-so did that with Division 1. The... The content creation world is very, very different than it was in 2016. Um, if Division 2 came out in 2016, there'd probably be plenty of people who could get careers off of it. The simple fact is, is that it's just a different environment now. It's, it's, it's just there's so, you know, everyone streams. <laughs> everyone has a YouTube. Everyone has a Twitter and has a following, has a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash the echo cast, by the way, just one more little plug. Uh, but you know, everyone's got their own prerogative now. You know, it seems like everyone has a podcast now. Like it's just, it's a different game than it used to be. Um, you know, when it comes to content creation and becoming a full timer and stuff. And I, I think that there's a lot of people who want to be full timers who can't, who don't have the equipment uh, mentally and personality wise. I put myself in that category. I simply don't have the motivation and, I don't think I'm interesting enough to be a full-timer. That's why this is my hobby. I look at it like a part-time job. It's something I enjoy doing. It's something that, you know, I can almost break even with maybe one day financially, all the investments I've made in equipment and stuff like that. 
but I'm not looking to quit my job uh, and give up my health care and give up my 20, you know, my 15, 20 days of vacation a year, paid vacation. Um, it's not a thing. And, and I'm seeing uh, a lot, and it's not all of it. The game isn't perfect. It's got issues. I'm not denying that. But I'm seeing a, a lot of the anger and resentment I've seen about Division 2 has been expectations that people set themselves that was that were not influenced at all by anyone else. I think if you look at the way this game was marketed and pushed out, they've provided exactly what people should have expected, in my opinion. Uh, you know, things like player population and stuff, you know, they're doing a free weekend. I've seen some people say that it reeks of desperation and stuff. I mean, maybe it does. I, I think that they're just a company trying to get some sales off V3 and a bunch of announcements like they did. But, you know, I, I think what the way you look at everything with a game or just in life is basically going to depend on what you want, what what your opinion already is. So if you think the division sucks and that it's a failed game and it's dead, and you see a free weekend, you're going to assume they're desperate and trying to get players. If you're someone who likes the game um, and thinks it's doing pretty well, you're going to see it as just a good opportunity to get more people in to check it out. So, um, you know, and then you see people talking about Division 1 and stuff like that. I've already mentioned all that. You know, the Division 1, people are looking back with very, very, very clear hindsight, it seems. And um, I, I think it's kind of comical, you know, the way people are acting like, Division one was this perfect game at one point eight point three and 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 are conveniently ignoring all of the significant flaws that game has to this day. Some of the very flaws that I think Division two has improved on, yeah, some people still think that Division one did it better, but everyone has an opinion, right and then when it comes down to the future, um so year one, you know we know about all of the d l c that's coming. We have at least sparse details about it all it. Seems like it's going to end with quite the bang uh, in New York City with the third DLC. Um, and one thing I think people need to be prepared for is year two of the DLC. And um, people need to probably be prepared for the idea that it's probably going to be going to be paid. I don't know that. I have no proof. Um, but year one was free. It came with the game. Um, and I think people should probably expect a 20 30 maybe $40 year two pass. That will give them all the DLC. Uh, there's a very real possibility that some type of survival mode may be involved in that. Um, I don't know. I will say, though, they seem pretty determined during the marketing of Division 2 that they didn't want to split up the player base. So they they very well may not make Year 2 a paid uh, season. Maybe they'll do three DLCs for free and do a Season 2 pass that gives... Hopefully more benefits than the season one pass it you know the little side missions are cool and stuff, but uh, you know some early access to the DLCs will be nice once they start rolling out but uh you know I would buy the season pass just to support the game. I will say that the season pass for division one year one or division two year one has been a bit underwhelming so far, but I didn't buy it to get a bunch of free stuff to get extra stash space. I'm seeing that stuff popping up again. Um, so, you know, the game's not perfect. If anyone ever thought it was going to be, they were fooling themselves. And honestly, I think if, I think the game has, has issues. There's issues with loot. There's significant issues with PVP. Um, there's absolutely more to do in division two than there ever was to do in division one. 
but people still don't find it as satisfying. Um, and, and I get that. But I, I still think that, um, that people's opinions on Division 2 are still very, very much based on what they wanted before the game even came out. Uh, the same people who were poo-pooing it before it even released are still poo-pooing it today. The same people who were excited for it before it released still seem excited for it today. It, it seems like it's mostly self-fulfilled prophecies, and, um, and that's, just the way, that's just the way I think it's going to go. That's also on a relatively small window I have on the player base and just the people that I you know, know or pay attention to. And um, I don't know. Overall, I think Division 2, I think it's a great game. I can't wait for some more content for it. And I suspect a lot of other people feel the same. Um, let's see. So Sensational Creators. I've already kind of covered this uh, in my little rant right there. But... Yeah, I, just be weary of who you're paying attention to. Apparently, there's still people, um, you know, desperately trying to gain relevance, uh, you know, and, and become full timers uh, straight off Division Two only, and, um, and and doing it in some pretty suspect ways. Um, if if you see video channels that, you know, every title is all caps, you see, you know, dramatic faces and thumbnails with gigantic capitalized font um i would steer clear just my just my uh just my suggestion and we'll move on from there okay so listener questions we have a hero 1897 uh, do you have any specific builds you like running on both the open world and or the raid um i have a raid build that i was using a bit until i kind of just gave up um an LMG build that it's actually really powerful. I need to fiddle with it a bit, but I'm now leaving my builds alone until title update four, since there's so many big changes coming with that. Um, just in general, I actually have a skill build. People, I see everywhere the skill builds are terrible and you can't use them and they're useless. I have a solo skill build that works super well in missions as well with matchmaking, where I basically always have Seeker Minds, and my turret lasts forever, does a ton of damage, and almost immediately comes back every time it dies. Uh, and I do damage. I do solid damage. So that's been my favorite build. Um, I'm basically just combining a bunch of skill cooldown, uh, skill uh, use length, and um, chances for automatic uh, reset of the skills, the cooldowns. Um, other than that, I have a high uh, damage to elites build, a high damage build in general um, that I really enjoy if I just want to go just kill a bunch of stuff. And um, I've been working on like a sniper build, a DMR build. Um, even I have a, a decent SMG build and a PvP build, two separate ones. The SMG build is fun just because I love hearing the vector fire, uh, you know, a thousand rounds a minute. Um, but it's just you have to reload so often. It's not... It's not really that useful, but it's just fun to use. Apparently, I'm the only person on Earth who has like five or six builds that I find fun and decent. Uh, but what do I know? I'm definitely not a build master, so I, I go more for fun than anything. Uh, we had a, a little special request by Joe Polidoro. Um, I may regret doing this. I'm terrified to find out what this is for, but I'm going to assume it's for a good cause. But... Piper dog, best dog. So there's your sound clip. I'm a little concerned of what it's going to turn into, but we'll think happy thoughts. 
And then on YouTube, um, Golden Ferrari asked the question, do you think we'll see a black tusk in episode three? And what's the um, game mode for episode two? So uh, I'll answer the second one first, the game mode for episode two. That's the Pentagon um, for division two, episode two. And like I said earlier, I'm pretty certain it's not going to be underground. I don't think we're going to see underground again. I don't think we're going to see survival again. But with both of them, I think we'll get spirit, like kind of spiritual successors. And I think that the Pentagon will be kind of a spiritual successor to the underground. When it comes to Black Tusk in episode three, that's a really good question, actually, because, um, you know, we saw the agents take down a one of Joe Farrow's boys, one of the cleaners. So I assume we're definitely going to be fighting the cleaners. If you've paid attention to a bunch of the intel in Division 2, there's a whole section of it just based on what's going on back in New York City. And basically, um, there's no mention of the rioters, but it says, I think that the Rikers have kind of, you know, after Lorraine Barrett died, um, they kind of lost their power, but they're still kind of palling around. Um, that the LMB has turned into a bunch of small pockets of their soldiers just trying to stay alive. Um, but that the cleaners uh, without Pharaoh are actually, um, they're smaller in number, but more dangerous than ever. So um, I don't know if we're only going to fight cleaners. Um, you have to consider that they're going to have to try to port over and upgrade, you know, make all of the, you know, if they're going to do all of the factions from Division 1, that's a pretty tall order that I just don't know if it's a real thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we only fight the cleaners. The interesting thing about your question about the Black Tusk, though, is that the Black Tusk, um, if you, you know, here's a spoiler alert for the book and the comics, but you basically find out that they're going all over the eastern half of the United States, um, taking over uh, fuel dumps to, because who controls the fuel probably controls the future of the country, at least in the short term. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all if we have Black Tusk um, in New York City. Uh, it seems almost guaranteed to a point because I'm sure there's some important strategic locations in the city um, that they would be interested in. Now, my theory, um, this is a fan theory. I have no idea if this is true or not, but I think there's some reason to suspect it is I think in division one, the LMB were kind of like a rogue battalion of, of a PMC, a private military contractor called the LMB that was there to protect wall street um, under Colonel bliss. But then everything went down. They quarantined the island and Bliss did his own thing. My guess, and what I think has been suggested to a point, is that the LMB actually folded into or maybe became the whole organization, not just the battalion in New York City. You have to consider that was only a small portion of the LMB. I actually get the feeling that the rest of the LMB became Black Tusk. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be curious uh, and there's some good hints to that in the Grand Washington Hotel mission. Uh, you can actually see that there was a banquet being held um, between uh, with Colonel Bliss was there. And uh, you see that the sponsors of the banquet um, were the gear brand that uh, Black Tusk uses, uh, the electronics company that all of their, um, their special little devices are made by, and the LMB. So... I have a pretty strong suspicion that uh, that we may see them. That's a that's a good question. So thanks for that, uh, Golden Ferrari Joe and Hero. Thank you very much for your questions. If you have questions, be sure to ask on Twitter, in my Discord, or in the YouTube comments. 
uh, the wrap it up here content updates um, I did do a E3 summary uh, and reaction video for the division news. I went into a little bit more depth than I did here in the podcast. So if you want to check that out, um, check out my YouTube. It's just under Bond Diesel. Uh, we are going to do the Baby Diesel shower stream soon. Um, I got the Game Pass for a dollar for like two years. So I downloaded a whole bunch of games and I bought FIFA because it was actually on sale because of the World Cup. Uh, Bay Diesel and I used to actually play FIFA quite a bit. And um, we're going to mess with that. I downloaded Rocket League as well. And we have a few other, there's a few other games I may see she wants to check out. So be on the lookout for that. I'll put out some kind of announcement or something about that. Um, I do plan on continuing the podcast even after the baby is born. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if my, if the streams cut back, I'm already kind of unhappy with how consistent I've been on the streams, but uh, between playing volleyball again, our birthing classes and just being busy it's been hard for me to stick with it so i appreciate the patience you know we'll get to it again one day and you, know, you guys aren't gonna get rid of me yet so so there's that uh if you like the podcast please follow on whatever platform you're using if you're on itunes please 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 rate the podcast and leave a review i really love hearing the thoughts if you check out the podcast on YouTube, be sure to follow and subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment. I would love to hear from you, either your opinions or your questions. I am on Twitch, where I try to stream multiple times a week, and on Twitter, both as Bond Diesel, where you can see my other musings. And um, that's all I have. So, till next time. Somewhat more detailed summary of what is coming. What? I do. Is in the flow. Now we're going. Ugh. I'm just kidding. Hi. Well, I appreciate that, babe. Come over here and give me, give me a kiss. Like a big old deuce. I'm gonna put all this in at the beginning of my episode. <laughs> Beyond. <laughs>